I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my first million. Welcome back to your first million. It's Arlen with another inspirational, exciting interview. When I record these interviews, by the way, I take notes because it's just like being in the best entrepreneur class I can think of. Like the people we talk to, the people I share these conversations with you all with. Ah, it's just so, so cool. And Sunira, today's interview, man, she's about to change some people's lives. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. There are going to be some people who listen to this episode, who listen to the whole interview, whose point of view of themselves, what they can accomplish, what's possible, and some tactical things are going to change, and therefore execution is going to change. And you're going to come back to me at some point, and you're going to say it was that specific episode, Sunira, that changed everything for me. I just know it. So Sunira is the CEO and co-founder of a company that, company that used to be called Fat Merchant with two T's, Fat Merchant. Today is called Stax, S-T-A-X. And I'm not even going to spend too much time right now. I'm just going to get into this interview because just like every two minutes, there's something that is like life altering, I think. And I know that I'm hyping it up a lot, but man, it's just... When, when, when Sunira was talking, all I could do is imagine so many of you who I've met in real life, who I've spoken to online, who, who quote, you know, certain episodes or certain things I've said or tell me certain parts of my book have been interesting or helpful or changed the way that they look at the world. And I could just imagine those people and you listening right now, you, okay, it's just you and me in the room. I can imagine you taking this in and doing something about it. So it is my absolute pleasure and joy and pride to present to you this episode with Sunira at Stax. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to my friend Justin Kahn's pod, The Quest. Justin co-founded Twitch and sold it to Amazon for almost a billion, with a B, a billion dollars. The quest is about eternal growth. 
We all have our own battles to fight. Justin dives into the ups and downs of trailblazers around him, from tech, the NBA, K-pop, and beyond, to help you figure out life and get to where you want to be. Check out The Quest with Justin Kahn on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to my interview with Justin on episode 11 of Your First Million or season one of his podcast, episode seven of The Quest. Hey, Sunira. Hey, Arlen. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm so excited to be here on the show today. Well, I guess I was, I, I am, I'm doing okay, but it's like talking to you. I do, I'm doing really well. You know what I mean? Like you have like such a presence about you that um, is encouraging and empowering. Do you hear that from people? I do. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's just my personality that makes people it's nice it's good my my name my name actually translates to rays of sunlight so I think my parents like picked well um and all my call me sunny and so I definitely have a great a good energy which I'm really proud of it is Monday for those for those uh for those not like not not knowing what what day it is today (laughs) we're recording live Monday morning to (laughs) Monday morning life is crazy but I'm so excited and I love being around amazing women you know I get my energy from people I'm a I'm a people person for sure, but I also get my energy good, bad, like as well. So good energy, bad energy. I get all my energy from people. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy when I have really cool friends like you who do yes. really cool, epic things. And so my, of course, my energy is going to be high when I'm talking to you. It's just, it's amazing because you have, you know, you're so successful. I know you're still on the journey and I, I know what that's like to be successful and still on the journey, but you really are. You've, you've, you've walked into some you know, really great success. And it's almost like you want everybody else to, to get his, get that same feeling and to, and to be able to do the same thing. Is, is that how you look at um, your, your life's work? A hundred percent. I think that I didn't realize it until um, a couple of years ago, figuring out what my why really was like it, it's, it's shifted. Uh, but my why was never about me. So, um, you know, a little bit about like my background really quick. So I, um, graduated from university of Florida, got a degree in finance. I wanted to work wall street. I was first person in my family to ever graduate college. My parents were immigrants from Pakistan with absolutely nothing. Um, and entrepreneurs, they were entrepreneurs, but out of necessity. So that's something that, um, I always talk about even in entrepreneurship, it's not, there's, there's entrepreneurship out of solving a problem and there's entrepreneurship out of necessity. And for my family, it was because they weren't educated. So this was their only means to having the American dream was to go build it for themselves. And so I grew up around just a crazy, amazing family, crazy, amazing work ethic, but all that business and in at home that all the stress came with. So I actually never wanted to ever become an entrepreneur. And for my parents, their American dream was exactly that. They didn't want me to bring home the stresses of work. They wanted me to have a steady paycheck, have 401k, have that, have the house with the picket fence, have the retirement plan, like insurance. That is what the American dream for their children was. And that all came through education. Mm. And so I graduated uh, with honors from University of Florida. My brother did as well. And I, uh, I went on the path for corporate for a couple of years and it just wasn't for me. I guess like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because I was, 
I didn't know it, but it was just in my blood of challenging the norm and seeing things like I'm such a quick problem solver. And so I couldn't see why these like massive industries just did things that way. And I was just the, the number, the serial number on my laptop, right? Like I've worked for massive corporations, top 50 fortune companies. And it just, I didn't feel like I was in that right environment for me. And uh, when I first launched my company, uh, which we've just rebranded, but it was called Fat Merchant. It's a it's a merchant processing company. And my why, going back to what I was talking about, um, was really around solving a customer pain point. And then that why evolved from, okay, solve the customer pain point. We're growing like crazy. It was my team, right? That was my why then of like building. I had so much responsibility. Our team now is like 250 people. But that team, the initial team was like my why, why I showed up every day. My customers were my why. But then as a success kind of came, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into the, the story of, of Fat Merchant and its evolution to where it is today, which is Stacks, the why actually shifted. I did what I needed to do for the people. And we have a stable company and we're not going anywhere. And everybody's got to steady jobs and the amazing payouts and an amazing culture and all the things. My why shifted of I needed to make an, I was making an impact without knowing it. And I really wanted to make an impact to show other women especially women of color, minorities, young women, just women in general, that we also deserve to have it all, that we can go build massive companies. We can go build billion dollar companies because nobody around me ever looked like me, ever talked like me, was as young. I didn't have any role models that I could look up to to say, hey, Sanera, think like that. Hey, Sanera, you can do it like that. So my why definitely has shifted. Um, and when you talked about making an impact and doing it for others, that is a hundred percent of the reason why I, I get to show up every day. And I'm like, so proud that I like, I'm so blessed to call it. I tell my family, like that this is my job every day to go inspire other people to go do this and to go build an amazing company at the same time. It's a dream. It's incredible. And you say you have how many, how many people work in there? Oh, well, okay. So we just acquired two companies. Whoa. <laughs> the last time we spoke. I mean, and since the last time we talked to each other, you did <laughs> That was just a few days ago. <laughs> well, the last time, since so the last time we had like our big catch up, which was yeah. like in December. Okay. Uh, okay. In December. Um, so yeah, we acquired a Canadian company, a payments company out of Canada. And then the second one, we haven't made the public announcement yet, um, but it is a company in the U.S. So um, our, our stacks staff is roughly around the 150 mark right now. So um like in my office is here headquartered in Orlando right now we're like half remote, half hybrid right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have with our two acquisitions, another 87 ish that are, that are all under the, under the, under the umbrella now. So. And, and explain what the company does. Um, and, and why did you choose the old name and, and why did you choose the new name? Yeah. I'm so excited to tell you the fat merchant journey. Okay. So stacks is a payment technology company and we do integrated payments. And what that means is it depends on who, like who you are. So we have, uh, we have two customer segments. Um, well, we have an incredible payments platform. If you think about competitors, like a Stripe or square that you may be familiar with to take payments, we do payment acceptance for small businesses. We also do payment acceptance for large businesses. So we have a ton of enterprise customers. And then our third set of customers are software companies. And so we do embedded payments for large software companies so that their customers 
can then take payment. So if you're utilizing any cool software CRM system, or you're taking a tool, they also need payments embedded into their software. Mm-hmm. And so our API, which is, I don't want to get too technical, but we have a really cool tech API that connects all the, which way a business needs to take payments under a single umbrella. And so our biggest competitor is Stripe right now um, from a uh, from an integrated payment space perspective. And Fat Merchant, that why we did a big rebrand was, so I've, uh, this company has been around for seven years. I launched it in 2014. Um, I have an incredible co-founder who's also my brother, by the way. So um, my we make our parents really, really proud. If you can't see this, it says, you have it, love dad, on top of my... I do My see that above your head. You have it. We yeah. have it. Yeah. Love that. So he, he must be, uh, or he, it, is your dad still with us? No, he passed away this last year, actually. Oh, no. No, I know. It was, oh, it was, but he must have been so proud of the two of you. Super, super proud. So we launched this company and I can, if we get time, I'll, I'll tell you all about, sure. about my dad because sure. he's cool. Um, so we launched this company in 2014 on a mission. We're the first subscription-based credit card processor. So they coined us as a Netflix of credit card processing. You pay a flat monthly subscription, you get unlimited processing, which didn't exist at all in the marketplace. That's how we were like so disruptive when we started. And we grew the company to about 12,000 customers, just direct, like one-to-one customers. They find us online. We do their payment processing. We've got incredible, uh, like an incredible platform that does like invoicing, recurring billing. Um, You can take physical transactions. You can take online transactions. So that was what Fat Merchant did. But what we learned is that our evolution wasn't just the direct one-to-one customer model our API also was really relevant to software companies. And now every software company is a payments company. They just don't know it yet because payments are now going to, they're just embedded everywhere. We don't have to think about it anymore. And so we made a pivot into, we're still going direct to our customers, but we have this new opportunity to go grab the one to many. When we go to a software company and they embed our payments, now their customers become our customers. Mm. And so that was a big shift in and how we went to market. And so fat merchant wasn't relevant anymore. Um, and we just really outgrown, like we didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to grow up. I didn't know I was going to grow a billion dollar business, Arlen. Like I didn't know we're doing 10 billion in payments right now. And that first year we did 5 million. Wow. It has been crazy. So it's it's stacks like kind of layered. You can do all kinds of things, right? Yes. Can so I ask you the payment oh. stack? Oh, it's so not, it, stands for, it stands for the payment stack, right? So like there's a in tech today, you've got your marketing stack, you got your CRM stack. And we believe that every company is going to have their payment stack. It's not just going to be single threaded anymore. So we want to be the entire payment ecosystem. We want to be the payment stack. And that's where stacks comes from. And the X is your word, like the X factor. Like yes. it's just like what we are that makes us different. It's that it factor that's the X. Oh, that's exciting. I feel like we, myself and the audience listening right now, May of 2021, we're going to look back and say, I can't even believe we got time with this woman. You know, like she is, is, you're, you're on a rocket ship. Can I ask you, we don't have to get detailed about how your, you know, your revenue works or anything like that, but because this is your first million, not only the, the amount of payments that you take in, but that first time you made like you saw that you had made, you'd hit the million dollar revenue mark. 
can you can you take us back to that moment or that time in your life and and describe it a little bit? Yeah, it was uh it took 2 years. Um it was 2015 was our it was our it was our run rate. So we had had yes. a million dollar run rate and our business model is subscription based. So we are a SaaS company. So we we have a SaaS monthly subscription for our platform. So we are a SaaS subscription company. And man, that million dollar milestone is like the coveted, like every entrepreneur is like, and I don't want to use the word, like you made it. It's like, you're validated is what I felt. Mm -hmm. It's not actually, cause it's just the beginning. Like a million dollar business doesn't actually mean you take home a million dollars. We all know that million dollar business run rate doesn't, it doesn't mean a lot, but what it does mean is you have a product market fit that there are enough people willing to pay for the service, the product that you are offering. And it means that then you can scale it. So getting to that million dollar run rate was absolute validation that we have something scalable in the marketplace. That's amazing. And do you, do you, were you counting down? Did you see it or did you, did it pass you by? Uh, it definitely, I want to say I was counting it down. Um, we were really great at something that I'm such a forecaster. So maybe that's like, I'm a fine, I'm a finance major. Um, I'm also a finance and marketing major. I have like two, I'm like literally split left and right brain. Like a lot of people yeah. aren't, I'm a hundred percent. And you can tell it from everything I do that you can tell, like I'm KPI driven, but also creative. That's right. Cause and you do all of this, like in heels and, and like with, with a martini in your <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's a glass, it's a glass of Cabernet, but yeah, always. Yes, exactly. <laughs> always. It, it is. It's like you, you know how to speak to an audience. I mean, I, I know I'm cutting off a little bit, but I just remembered like how many people follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Like, like you know, just like 52,000 ish. Yeah. It's like you, you're able to speak to the audience and we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into more of that in a minute, but go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say is like, I am such a planner. So when I say it, I wasn't counting it down, but I knew when it was going to happen, if that makes sense. Like I can tell you right now, like our business at the end of this year, we're going to be doing, you know, between 40 to $50 million as a run, like at, from an ARR perspective, is wow. that run a really large business, but I can tell you exactly when it's going to happen. And that's because we have great, something that we did right away in the beginning that I feel every business, if you're any entrepreneur listening don't just make a goal, go figure out how you're going to get there. Right. And have a proper forecast. How many units of something that you're going to sell? What is the actual price point? Can you go up in price? Do you need to go low in price? What do you need to sell from a velocity stand? And, and it's not just the leading indicators, uh, the lagging indicators that we all know what are revenue and sales and attrition. How many, how many customers do you need in your pipeline? How many customers, do you, how many people do you need on your email list to actually convert it into the customer? So the better that you can get at tracking and measuring your key performing indicators, which are KPIs, I'm a huge uh, um, believer in them, like, and just forecasting. So that million, I was looking forward to it. I knew when it was going to happen though. Mm -hmm. And so we knew that month that it was going to hit because we had planned to be a million dollar business. That's incredible. Uh, you say that your brother is your co-founder. What role does he have? He is a uh, president and I am CEO. So think of us as like, we call our, we call ourselves the, the two headed, uh, two headed monster. Uh, <laughs> and uh, from a role perspective, he's more operational. And so uh, definitely more in the details than I am. I am not a detailed person. I'm definitely more on the vision 
and high level strategy. He is also pretty high level and really strategic, but he's definitely the hundred percent like executioner has every dashboard open all the time, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. all the time knows it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I'm out of the details, but together we make a really good team. That's amazing. I can see that like the vision. And then if if you have, I saw, I always say, if try to find your co-founder who compliments you um, you don't have to have the same role. Like, you know, it's even better if you don't, because there's going to be someone who just has, they can see around corners. There's just this vision that they have. And then there's someone they're, they're really, really looking for somebody who can help them execute on that. Hey, just wanted to stop in just for a second and tell you about cohort two of my new investing course. I told you about the first cohort a few weeks ago, and we've already had a really, really amazing time together. 45 students got together from all over the world virtually, and we spent four weeks together learning uh, as much as we could about investing and specifically investing as a catalyst. And it went so well that I decided to do another cohort and we're starting June 1st, 2021. Check it out at arlen.capital. Arlen, A-R-L-A-N dot capital. You have to check it out. Are you an aspiring investor? Do you think maybe I can't be an investor because I don't have enough money? Let me tell you something. You can invest in reg CF deals on platforms like Republic, WeFund, or StartEngine, and they usually start at about $100 a piece. So we'll talk about in the course how you build your portfolio with as little as $100 to start. And so, so, so much more. So many people are talking about this course, Arlen.capital. I cannot wait to see you in class. Um, before you hit your, your first million in revenue, did you have to pivot at all or did you kind of strike it and understand it, your customer, and then it just sailed? Oh, I wish it was that easy. Of course we had to pivot. Of course we had to pivot. We had to pivot so much. We're still pivoting. That's yeah. what's so cool, right? right? Like we're still pivoting. Um, And pivots were large and small. So, so many changes. But the number one thing, we always listen to our customer. And our customer actually dictated our product. So when we first came to market, I thought it was like, okay, flat subscription. We're going to be the most transparent processor. It was definitely a pricing grab opportunity that nobody had this flat subscription model. And then what we learned is that um, our customers actually had multiple ways of paying. So this is 2013. It doesn't feel that long ago, but it's almost a decade ago, which is a lot has changed in 10 years uh, Mm -hmm. from a fintech perspective. Mm -hmm. Our customers were a little bit more tech savvy. They were taking payments on the go. They were taking payments on their phone. They were taking payments online. And there wasn't one tool. So they were going to Square for this. They were going to Stripe for that. They were going to PayPal for this. They were going to Bank of America for that. But they had to manage four to five different processors, four to five different tools like, wait, why isn't everybody bringing it into one house? Mm-hmm. If the payments are the heart of a business, there's not one software to go into unless you're doing like, you have your accounting person go in to put everything into QuickBooks or your accounting uh, software. There isn't one tool that aggregates everything seamlessly for you. So our customer actually told us that problem. Um, and that is where the platform of Stacks was originally created was based on the customer feedback. So keep your ear to the ground. Don't ever lose that ask your customers and don't just assume like what you're building is what they're, how they're actually using it. So find your checks and balances. And that's what dictates what pivots you make 
and you drive the pivots towards what's what's solving the customer problem and what generates the revenue. Wow. Early on, were you looking for investors or um, and, and if you were, what kind of experience did you have out there with this in 2014, 15 ish? Yeah, zero experience. I had no idea what venture capital was. I wish I had your book. It's about damn time that you wrote this book. Okay. <laughs> right on. I didn't have it. I didn't have it. I didn't know. I knew nothing about venture capital. So I, how it happened was 2014, I launched. Uh, my brother Sal was working in California. He knew a ton about venture capital because he was working for a, um, a large software and they had just got, they'd gone through uh, funding rounds. He was like within the top like 30 employees at the startup. And, uh, I had no idea, but we were building in, so I was building in Orlando. So I was out in California and we made front cover online for fast company. And it was titled meet the woman trying to change the credit card industry. I had never taken an, um, like a press interview before. I had no idea how big this was going to be. We were just winning pitch competitions. So what I did know is that there's these thing called pitch competitions mm -hmm. and I went and I pitched my business plan and I would just walk out with these giant checks. So I took home $200,000 in prize wins of those giant checks off of this business plan competition. And that was how my venture um, story kind of began. Is yeah, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal because I, I always say, I use it as one of the examples of, you don't have to do everything kind of linear, like you raise a seed round, you raise a series A round. It doesn't happen that way. And if you like pitch competitions, I know people who have done that, not to your success, you know, not $200,000, but have have bootstrapped their company for the first couple of years that way, especially when, when investors weren't looking. So that's, that's, you already knew you were onto something because that audience or that feedback was telling you, you were onto something as well. Yeah. I just didn't see it. And that was, I just, I was sitting on this, this idea and it was, and, and what was, it was, what was great was we were actually executing and we had customers. So when I was like, when, so when the fast company piece happened, we already had about a hundred customers onto the platform and what the fast company piece happened. And it was honestly the greatest and the worst thing that ever happened to us. One, because one, it was like the biggest validation of wow, Sonera, we're thinking this tiny, like get your brain out of this selfish little bubble that you have of like, you think you're going to go build, like, I thought I was going to go build like a million dollar business, have a great, great lifestyle company this is, I never thought this was going to be as scalable as it actually is. And like, now we're like 20,000 customers that we're supporting. Like I would have mm -hmm. never, I kid you not going back. I'm like, what would I even tell myself? If you're going to ask me this on the podcast, I would just say, just brace yourself. Cause you have no idea what is ahead of you. I never thought that. Um, and so the fast company piece was super validating. Our phones were ringing off the hook, but we couldn't support it. But what was the biggest crash was our, we had no infrastructure. We didn't have a CTO. I didn't have like tech infrastructure even internally. And it was the biggest wake up call to say, great, you want to go be here and the, the market's validating you. You are not playing big enough anywhere. And you need to go get structure infrastructure. You got to, you got to build for scalability. And that is when like, we created this, like we were a team of like six of us and we're like 10 X scalability was written all over our walls. Mm -hmm. Like we got to go get ourselves scalable. And I joined a tech accelerator in Orlando and I was like, I need a CTO. I need to go get developers. We need to go invest in this. And that is how I learned about like, where do I go find investment? And then the seed, the accelerator is the one that really helped us to go meet our initial angels and our initial investors. That's kind of how the story of how venture capital piece happened. But 
I raised capital out of Orlando. Like there's, there's not a lot of options here from a venture capital perspective, which I'm happy to get into that. <laughs> well, I want, I actually wanted to know why you chose Orlando to build to begin with. Well, remember I told you about my crazy entrepreneur dad, um, and our, our like amazing, but crazy family life. We, I went to 10 different schools in 12 years. So that comes with its child, like that comes with its pain. Um, we were really close as a family, but I also had like a, like I was always like uprooted because yes. my dad was like onto the next business or trying to go do it. And to, and to their defense, like whatever, we came out awesome. And there's like great life skills that we have from it. Um, but it was hard. And so when I moved to Orlando, I was 16 years old. This is my, like, I literally had went to three high schools for my four years. Mm. I was like, I am never leaving Orlando. So UF was the closest university or like, well, UCF was here, but UF was like, um, at that time, I don't want to, I love my UCF, uh, alumni here, but, um, UF was just a great school. That was, was like a better fit for you. Way. Yeah. Yeah. It was was far away. I was like, UF is it. I got a full ride scholarship because I was like a Florida resident. Um, and I had a great, like, I was a super nerd, by the way. I was like super, super nerd. (laughs) Had no friend. I was like, but it, I got, I got free ride to school. I got my degrees and I was like, I'm staying in Orlando because I don't want to move. That's what happened. Yeah. And you did it. Uh, and so where did you end up? I mean, I, I don't know the, the answer to this. Where did you end up did you end up raising early on or did you just sort of? Yeah. So this venture story went like this. So we did the, the, um, our, our seed round, which came out of that accelerator. So we asked for, um, 500,000 for our seed. We were oversubscribed to $1.2 million. Wow. We did an $850,000 seed Then I did like a two and a half million series a, and then the next level, as we were scaling now, we're like 50 employees, um, we then went outside of Orlando to go get venture capital. So we had a private equity firm out of Atlanta fulcrum who invested about 15 million into the business, helped us scale until this last year, we did another private equity recapitalization of the business. So in total now it's been like over 150,000 in venture capital. So 150,000, sorry, 150 million, sorry, 150 million in venture capital. But to get to the, to get, yes, 150 million total, but I did 20 million as the initial A, B, seed A and B of the initial round so to get to it. I know that the audience is thinking what I'm thinking, which is you, 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 you got the infrastructure, right? You knew that you needed to go to the accelerator. You had a $500,000 uh, aim ah. and then it was oversubscribed to 1.2. You took 850 because you didn't want to be diluted 1.2 at that because you understood what your value was. How do you go from 850K raise to then a $15 million raise? Uh, you know, that little part, I think, was there a lot of time in between that or just yeah, incredible growth? No, five years. So we did okay. five years of growth. So, and it wasn't tranches. So we did the seed round and then the series A came about a year after. Uh, And that was also from the same investors, same board, like local Orlando funds. So there was like a piece of that 850 that was like friends and family and local angels. And then there was some local institutional capital, which wasn't that large at the time. So even our institutional capital here in Orlando wasn't like massive funds. And then, so that was like two, I would say 3 million in total from Orlando is like Mm -hmm. what came out of it. And then when we went to go actually raise that next, we needed that like next big chunk. It was between that five to, we wanted that 15. And so 
we we had gotten that five from full grub as like the initial tranche. And then mm-hmm. we got the 10 mm-hmm. thereafter. But that whole journey was five years long. Like this, I'm like recapping this, like as if it was like moments of my life, like really quickly, because we have a 30 minute podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have felt like the last seven years, I say this, I've said this a few times. So I'm going to say it again here because everyone thinks everything's like overnight success. Like my overnight success has been seven years. And I have felt every single day of that seven years. So like me recapping this in two minutes is like, it's, 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 it's like the story on the other side that people hear that it was like super easy. I have felt every single day of the seven years getting to this point. And as you mentioned, we, we have limited time. I know your time is valuable here. I want to close out by asking you two things. I want to ask what do you think is next or what do you know is next because you project out? And then what is, what's the big takeaway that you, you want people to understand in this part of your journey that you just kind of accumulated this knowledge? So what is next? Um, and I am a planner. So I have my eyes set and I've told you this, I want to be a billion dollar. I want to be a unicorn. And I think stacks can get us there. And that was part of that whole rebrand that we talked about. Fat Merchant was incredible. It took us to where we needed to go. Stacks is like the rocket ship that we need to get there. And so, um, I mean, we're a leader in fintech right now. And I see no reason why we can't be. It's like, so I've got my eyes on the prize there. So this is going to be another like, you know, two years of heads down work, taking the company to a hundred million in revenue is where I want to be. And so that is what's next, uh, from a stacks perspective. And then from a, what was the second question? Well, what do you, what's the, what's the takeaway that like right now you've learned so much over the past seven years and you, you threw, you have a CEO school, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of impart your, your knowledge there. And you've, I mean, we could talk we a whole other episode about CEO school. So what is, what is something that you just you know, people listening who are right in the thick of it and maybe they're like three years in, they don't know if they should keep going. It's tough. Is there something that you you've learned over these past seven years um, that you can distill and, and have as a takeaway for them? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, so much is uh, so much, so many learnings. And that's part of why I show up on Instagram. That's why I show up on my podcast at CEO school, which Arlen was on a couple of weeks ago. That is why I show up um, to teach. And that's why CEO school exists because I didn't go to CEO school. I am just like you. So whoever is listening, I was told no more times that I can count. I I raise venture capital. I'm a Brown woman. I'm a, if you can't see me, I'm a Pakistani five foot woman, um, with, a I have a, I have a bachelor's degree. Like I wasn't top of my class. I, I had multiple jobs. I, um, I'm pretty ordinary. Uh, so people will <laughs> might disagree with that, but I'm Beg pretty to differ. <laughs> but I didn't have all the experience. I didn't go to CEO school, but what I did have is an incredible work ethic. What I did have is I'm a problem solver. What I did have is I raise my hand and I ask for help. I never, I, I can, I can walk into a room and never feel like I, I I'm always around really, really smart people. And that's what my talent is. It's like, my superpower is I'm, I can get connected with anybody I want to get connected to and I can ask for help. And so ask for help. And the biggest takeaway for me is that hard work is the shortcut. Like you can like out hustle your competition out hustle that next person who has, there's so many different product ideas. There's so many different things that you're, whatever you're working on, 
double down on what your differentiating edge is, whatever that X factor is, whatever that differentiating edge is, that is where you double down and you stay super focused. You keep your head down and you execute. So execution, there's no such thing as a billion dollar idea, only a billion dollar execution. You can have the greatest idea in the world. And I see it all day long. I'm sure Arlen, you see it all day long as an, as an investor, it's not about the idea. It's all about the execution. And it's the team along with you. That's going to help you get there. You cannot do it alone. So surround yourself by the smartest people that you can find. That is where you double down on your people, on your X factor and on execution. And I think that's the formula for success. Wow. We just went to CEO school in that last two minutes. Yeah. I'm going to say, I want to see your Ted talk within a year or they're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, I, I hope so. It. I'm sure, I'm sure Arlen, you can make that happen. Arlen can make anything happen. <laughs> I got to see it. So we're going to make it happen. You know, that's, that's awesome. what we do. How do people find you? How do, how they follow up with you? Yeah. Find me, find me on Instagram. So you can find me at Sunera Madani. So it's my first name, S-U-N-E-E-R-A Madani, M-A-D-H-A-N-I. So you find me on Instagram. I will be there. I show up literally almost every day sharing all of this crazy knowledge with you. Um, hoping to inspire the next generation of women entrepreneurs, um, that I want to say yes to, and to be part of their story. Um, so you can follow me online. You could follow also Stacks online, Stacks Payments. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and you can also follow CEO School online as well. So how, how is Stacks spelled? S-T-A-X. Stacks. Oh, that's good. That's it's good. Sexy. It's yes. sexy. Yes. That's good. That's Remember that ticker. name, y'all. Yeah. Can you see it on the ticker? Because I can. I can see it on this ticker. Yes. And hey, mm -hmm. sign up if you if you have a company um, that needs it, because I think a lot of us do check it out. Stacks. Yeah. Thank DM you so me. much. Yeah. Yes. DM me. If, if you are a business owner and uh, you are you are taking payments, you should be taking stacks. I know we've got some really amazing tools. So definitely DM me on Instagram. I'll send you a, a promo code that's separate so you guys can um, check it out, get a free month on me. Um, so check out stacks. So just DM me there. And uh, follow along. I'm so excited. Drop me a line. I like respond to all of my own stuff on um, on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. But I'm I'm definitely on the gram every day. So I'm excited to uh, hear from your wonderful audience. Thank you so so much for your time today. It's been amazing. Thank you, Arlen. Have a great day. It's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen was here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton. Associate producer, Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist, Tobey Nguigwe.